This is Keep It 100, a podcast from Spotswood Creative that is designed to keep it real and honest about worship practices in the 21st century. We want to help you work through those issues like choosing worship songs, leading as a volunteer, worship stereotypes, worship conflicts, and figuring out if the theology is right in the song you just love or if you should just put it away. Hey, yo. What's up? I mean, nothing much. Not a whole lot. Not nope. a whole lot going on. Nope. Pulling my notes up here. How you doing? Uh, I'm alive. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I'm alive. I've got coffee in me. I've got, uh, what are they called? Chicken minis in me. I was about to say, how did you forget chicken, chicken minis. minis? And I got some Paul's donuts in me. Donut. Donut. Oh, Normally. Those, were, those were Paul's? Yeah, those were Paul's. We had a staff breakfast this morning, so we are full. Full bellies, full heart. Yes. This full belly, full heart. Yeah, that's the same thing. I was going to say warm hands. That people say warm hands, warm heart. We're totally spiraling. <laughs> anyway, welcome back to uh, Keep It 100. We're going to talk today about the good, bad, and ugly of contemporary worship music and worship culture and worship everything. Um, so, Bailey, why don't um, I, I really want you to take this one today for the most part um, because I'm a rambler. We have figured this out. Sorry, sorry, people listening. <laughs> um, nobody's really complained yet, but they've they've said, yeah, but because we love you, Josh. Oh, thank you, <laughs> thank you. I'm glad somebody does. Um, so, um, give us a little bit about uh, well, just to kind of recap for people maybe jumping in. Uh, last week we talked about the good, bad, and ugly of traditional worship, mm-hmm. um, and we're talking about the worship war one. Uh, traditional versus contemporary worship. So to really understand the the worship war itself, we need to understand both sides, Mm -hmm. and we need to figure out how we can exit the war, which is next week. So this week we're talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly of contemporary worship. Uh, Bailey, give me some good things about contemporary worship. As a contemporary worship leader, what do you see as um, why this is a good thing? Yeah, so... If you haven't listened um, to the past few episodes, a little background on me. I grew up daughter of a worship pastor. Um, My dad always led what were contemporary worship songs. So growing up, um, we were singing the Chris Tomlins, the Michael W. Smith, the Avalon, you know, all the classics if you grew up listening to the radio. Um, And again, always a joke that I don't know a lot of hymns. So that's a little background on me. <laughs> Josh almost said something, <laughs> but um, it always is just kind of funny. So um, I think that I've learned a lot, though, um, as I've grown into being a worship leader myself, um, because growing up since contemporary worship was all that I really knew, um, I've grown to know the really good things about that and the not so great things about it. But I think there is a new culture of contemporary worship that is kind of coming in um, or has been here for a little bit maybe, but it's fairly new. Um, So I think something that always kind of remains about contemporary worship is that there is a less intimidating factor about it. I feel like intimidating is the right word. Yep. Um, And what we have written is there's a, 
less intimidating factor for those who are de-churched. And what we mean by that is um, most people who grew up in church, it's super common for them to have grown up singing the hymns and for people to say like, yes, my mom made me go to church with my pressed khaki pants and my my button up and my hair slicked to the side so we could go (laughs) sing five hymns. And um, as people have grown older, a lot of the times they associate a lot of their maybe like the negative side of their upbringing to the, the church as well. Um, mm. And so those things and aspects of traditional worship can scare them and make them not want to come back just because of like maybe the baggage that comes with it. Um, so I think that is a great thing about contemporary worship because it does lend itself to popular culture a little bit. Sure. Um, and it might seem a little bit more welcoming than or to new believers um, or non-believers um, it's a little less tight knit. Um, you know, you have people jumping around on stage with ripped jeans and right. look like you, you know, and don't look like this necessarily like polished version right. of themselves. So I think that that can be a really good thing. So um, in regard to the D church, that, that kind of speaks a little bit to the like right now we're kind of going through this. With with the cancel culture stuff, we're kind of going through the the deconstruction. Some people are trying to deconstruct the church, um, and that that a lot of people that are quote unquote de-churched are people that are you know they don't like the way the church was as they remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the what you're trying to say here, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong here, is for those people, contemporary worships because it doesn't look like what they remember it looking like it's kind of more of a receivable hey we know you've had maybe some issues with this in the past and that's not us demonizing all traditional worship but it's it's saying that you know this may be a little more receivable for you without having the ptsd and all the stuff that comes yeah well and it's essentially when it comes down to it it's the gospel in a new light for them and um, you know, like Josh said, that doesn't mean traditional worship is bad, right. but it's just one of those things. If they view traditional worship as something that they can't listen to or can't handle anymore, then if this is a way for them to worship, then that's awesome. Um, and I think that that's super important for us to understand that there's a time and there's a place for traditional worship, but there's also a really great time and place for contemporary worship. And I think this is one of the reasons. Sure. Okay, so what's what's the next, what's another good thing of contemporary worship? Um, well, we kind of talked a little bit about how, you know, there, there are the hymn writers that we remember. I mean, Josh, you can, you can probably name more than I can. Sure. Um, but we're kind of in this era of really amazing songwriting for contemporary worship. Absolutely. Um, and, I mean, I think of like... The Brooks, like, I, I mean, I say Brooke Frazier because her new last name is a lot more difficult to pronounce, but yeah. she is an amazing songwriter. Absolutely. And there's, n- like, I have not seen a miss from her. Right. <laughs> and we joke about that, but, I mean, you know, things things like that and people like her, those are kind of the songwriters and, like, worship creators of today. Um, and not just of, as Josh says, of the yesteryear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think that's an upside is we're kind of we're in this new era of really amazing songwriting that is driven by the word of God. It's not just it's not just things that we create in our heads, but it's like straight from right. what he has said. Well, it's kind of like imagine, 
you know, several, 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 several years back. If that generation, uh, the generation of Fanny Crosby, you know, mm-hmm. if she, what if, what if that generation didn't have Fanny Crosby? Yeah. We would not have several of the hymns that we sing today. And, and they needed that at that time. She wrote to the time, you mm-hmm. know, the needs and the, and the desires of the time and, and the heart of worship for that time. So today, these these song creators, they're writing for the 21st century, what yeah. we're going through right now, and how to communicate with God in what we're going through right yeah. now. So like I think about the album Graves in the Gardens by mm-hmm. Elevation Worship, they that that album could not have been more perfectly placed to come out in the middle of COVID-19. Yeah. Because they wrote that stuff. Oh, I shouldn't say they wrote all of it. They wrote some of it while COVID-19 was beginning to happen. Yeah. And, you know, I think about the songs Graves in the Gardens. You know, he turned seas into highways. You know, th- things that he takes difficult situations and he brings beauty. It brings beauty out of them. And Yeah. And that's what the generation needed to hear at the time. Well, that's that's what we're talking about here with modern-day worship song creators of today. They aren't of just yesterday year. These people are writing for today's issues. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. What else? Um, well, this is probably a more obvious one, but it allows for instrumentation and vocalization that was not used traditionally. So you think sure. of, like, the electric guitars and the synthesizers and – all of those really cool things that don't have a huge place in traditional style worship. Sure. Um, not that those things are necessary for worship. Don't hear us say that. Right. But it gives those people who have that talent and ability, it gives them an opportunity to worship in the way that they, they know best. Sure. Um, and I think that that's really cool because things are being written to have a really cool guitar lick in it. Right. Um, or they're written to have a really awesome banger synth part in it right and um that's really fun and worship is allowed to be fun Mm. (laughs) um and i think it's just it's okay to kind of to kind of like give ourselves over to that a little bit sure um something i'll i'll speak on this next one um i think that contemporary worship does something with it tends to be at least right now i can speak for right now um, it seems to be the desires for Holy Spirit-driven worship as opposed to liturgy-driven yeah. worship. So when I say that, there's a your mind could go to a bunch of different places. Um, I think right now the heart of the people that are writing contemporary worship music right now, they they really want to engage the Holy Spirit and not just know He exists, but actually commune with Him. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, some of the liturgy, which liturgy, liturgical worship and traditional like Southern Baptist evangelical worship are two totally different things, but we've kind of, with the traditional worship, we've created a liturgy. We do this number of hymns here, and then we have this item of the service, and then we do these two hymns, and these two hymns have this kind of theme, and then we have the offering, which doesn't exist anymore because you can't pass plates. And then, (laughs) and then we, and then we, you know, hear somebody come up and pray and they pray for this part that's going on in our work. Like it's very, yeah. it's very segmented and it becomes almost like a checklist. Yeah. And contemporary worship has tried to do away with the checklist feel, even though they probably actually have more checklists. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're trying to do away with it. So I would say it's the, the desire is to pull is to pull people and draw people closer to the Holy spirit as opposed to a bulletin. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, the last thing that we wanted to talk about with the good side um, is, and I asked Josh like three different times. I said, please help me word this correctly because <laughs> because um, there's like a few different ways that I could put it. But something about contemporary worship is it lends itself to be more engaging for a congregation regarding energy and like grabbing someone's attention. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a few different reasons for that. Um, one maybe being like people have heard Amazing Grace over and over again. Right. So if they hear the beginning of Amazing Grace, they're going to be like, okay, this is Amazing Grace. And then maybe kind of zone out a little bit right. or just kind of sing the words because they know them super well and that's it. Um, whereas if we sing this is Amazing Grace, right. <laughs> that song, you know, it starts out with a really cool and people are like, oh, yes, this song. And it kind of, yep. and me and Josh are bobbing our head right now. Yeah. And that's exactly what we mean. Yeah. It's like, it lends itself to the energy that Absolutely. we necessarily didn't imagine church having at one point in time. Yep. Um, and... I'm sure those of you who attend Spotswood who are listening to this are like, of course Bailey said that because <laughs> I'm I am a little bit more known for maybe jumping around yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yes, I'm sure to wear my sneakers in our contemporary service so I can actually um, got to get that traction. So yes, she's leaping yeah. <laughs> from one side of the stage to the other. Um, but I mean, it's a joke, but it's it's true for me. I love I love being able to, um. To, like, move a little bit more. To Absolutely. feel like I, I have that freedom to, I wouldn't say dance. I'm not straight up dancing up there. But to to feel like I'm able to, like, be in the presence of yeah. the Lord in that certain way and worship in a way that maybe I didn't grow up worshiping. Um, well, I think about, um, you used Amazing Grace. I remember the first time I heard, um, um, was it Tomlin that did the Amazing Grace? My chains are gone. Didn't he do that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I remember the first time I heard it, I heard Amazing Grace start and he uses the actual melody right yeah and i i did kind of just zone out mm -hmm. and then it kicked into that chorus my chains are gone i've been set free and i was like wait a second this, this is, is different and it's, it's good <laughs> yeah like this is different so that's that's the that's the point yeah. is to pull people out of like mundane almost like this weird I wouldn't even call it like a trance. It's, that's a terrible word for it. But well, you know it's what like I'm talking about? zoning out. Yeah, it's like they zone out and they mouth breathe and they just stare at you. Mm -hmm. But then they hear something, they're like, wait a second, what what was that about? You know, and then they start listening more. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. That's the reason. Um, So we've talked about what's good. Now, this is where things get sticky, and this is where the, the war starts coming in, Okay is where you have the bad side of contemporary, the bad side of traditional, is because both sides only want to talk about what's bad. Yeah. So here, or, or what's ugly, we'll get to that in a second. So let's talk about some bad things in contemporary worship, or things that could potentially be bad. What's the first yeah. one? So we were just talking about how it can be more engaging, lend itself to being more energetic, um, attention-grabbing. Mm -hmm. And I told Josh, I said, that needs to be the last thing we talk about for good because it can also not be good. Yep. Um, and when I say that, it's because it's kind of all of these things that we're about to talk about ha are joked about in Christian culture. Yes. For sure. Um, but something about contemporary worship, especially, I would say, in the past like five years. Yeah. Um, you have to be careful because sometimes it can feel a little bit like a concert. Yes. Um, not to say a Christian concert is bad. 
Nope. But to walk into a worship service, label it as a worship service, mm -hmm. and then present it like a concert is a little dicey. Um, because sometimes the attention can be drawn to us as leaders and performers at that point, not just leaders, um, as opposed to leading people to worship the Lord. Absolutely. Um, which is really difficult because it's also coming from somebody who has a performance background. It's, it's easy to want to get up on the stage and show what you can do. Yep. Um, that's something that I've kind of, I constantly kind of grapple with is sure. like, um, well, I know I can sing this this way, mm. but will everybody be able to follow me if I sing it that way? Right. And a lot of times the answer is no. And that's hard because maybe I was given a different set of abilities mm -hmm. than everybody in the congregation. So it's, it's that constant like back and forth of, um, you know, I mean, I'm trying to think of like, some of the amazing, like there are amazing female vocal worship leaders. Mm -hmm. They're, they're really amazing male, but you know, you can look at the females and be like, Oh, I know that they can sing the phone book and I'll, I, right. would, I would listen and like, and subscribe and you know, all the stuff. But, right. um, so it's hard when you are looking at such talent to not look at that person. Uh, yep. Um, yep. I and just like be led by them. It, I, I also think it's important that we, define what a concert is. Um, I think today a lot of times the defin the, the term concert is thrown around when because it's it's like we have demonized a concert. Like, oh it, it can't be a concert. I can't believe you'd want to make a con and people don't even really know what yeah. they mean when they say that. Um uh, it just because something has light settings doesn't mean that it's a concert. Yeah. <laughs> just because things, um, just because there's haze in the in a room. Yeah. Doesn't mean that it's a concert. Um, uh, I think back to several years ago. Uh, I want to say this is like 2011, something like that. I this is when I was orchestra director at Taylor's. We did an orchestra worship experience. I know mm -hmm. that sounds really really odd, but my biggest fear with that was it's going to feel like we're going to the peace center. Or we're going down to like for you for everybody up here in Virginia, it we're going down to Richmond to see a concert in whatever the concert hall yeah. is down there. Or we're going to go up to the uh, what you call it up in D.C. What's it called? Kennedy Center. Kennedy Center. That's it. Yeah. I we're said gonna, that quietly because I was like, yeah. "Am I wrong?" We're going to go up to the Kennedy <laughs> Center and we're going to see some. So with this with this orchestra worship experience, I was afraid that it was just going to be, "Hey, come listen to the orchestra play this really really cool music." But we did use lights. We did use lighting cues. We did use click tracks. We did use a little bit of haze. We did yeah. we did use all this stuff, and um, the elements that that made it that could potentially make it feel like a concert. We decided let's add other ele elements to make sure that it was make sure that it wasn't just something come sit and listen. Like we had parts where they actually people stood up and sang and yeah. and so on and so forth. And I think that. You know, if we just throw this definition, like I, you can't just throw the word concert at something and say that it, so you don't do it. Like, yeah. Um, I think about artists like Sandy Patty. Mm. Sandy Patty of the, you know, 80s and 90s was probably the best female vocalist next to Darlene Check mm -hmm. um, around. And I remember going to Sandy Patty concerts. I remember going to Mark Lowry concerts. And but but people come out of those saying, "Oh, these are the most worshipful things I've ever been a part mm -hmm. of." So just I, I I caution that 
I, I, I say all this as a caution. Be careful how you throw around the word concert. Yeah. Well, and I've been to a Hillsong concert before. Yep. Now, do I think that it's okay to just sit and listen to those concerts? Sure. Like, they're using their talents just to glorify the Lord. <laughs> and you used, you bought a ticket. You bought a ticket, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But did I worship at that concert as well? Sure. Yeah. And I think um, there's a time and a place. And sure. And yes, something else we're about to talk about, and we can just go ahead and go into it, oh, is man. talking about... Um, this is probably more in the ugly side, so we'll jump back. But the the fame of some, yeah. you know, modern day worship leaders, and that's something to go back and forth on. And like I said, we'll dive into a little bit more in a second. But um, there are places and churches and bands yeah. and worship leaders who are making money off of this, yeah. and like that's just something we have to like come to terms with. But like Josh said. I bought a ticket. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's and it's really always, uh, for the most part, it's always been that way. Yeah. Um. Somebody paid to hear Beethoven's Ninth. Yeah. You know, you didn't just walk into a concert hall for free back then. You know. Yeah. Hear, uh, you know, da 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 da. You know, you didn't. <laughs> and now these these tunes and everything are used in worship services. It that that exists so but but you have to you do have to be careful um you know it, it can become a, a only a concert yeah it can become only about the person that's singing yeah. if you're not careful and i think that's why the pendulum swung so hard yeah um uh sometimes um it's something that bothers me a little bit in, in contemporary worship is if you're only doing new stuff and you aren't repetitive, then the people aren't actually learning the music. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we've talked about that a little bit too in choosing sets for, you know, Spotswood on Sunday mornings. It's like we're we're hearing all of these really awesome, great songs, but it's like if we're introducing a new song every week, they're not having time to learn the Correct. song we introduced the week before. And they are new and awesome and refreshing, but there's sometimes so much new it can be a little overwhelming and it doesn't give people the time to like rest in what they're singing absolutely um and that's you know that's kind of the other i guess quote unquote bad of contemporary worship is there are kind of subcultures of that yeah um so we talked about like stuff that you listen to on the radio or the actual worship culture like the elevations and the Maver maverick cities who some of their stuff might be on the radio but the majority of their stuff and a lot of their like better stuff mm -hmm. isn't on the radio oh yeah um and then there's like the blended like the people who you feel like are going to be around forever like chris tomlin michael w smith <laughs> yes yeah, like those those guys i mean they made their mark and, oh yeah um you know and they made their money yeah oh yeah oh yeah listen people joke around about chris tomlin that he just waits on a banger song to come out and then he just goes to the people who wrote it and buys it from them and then produces it yeah. like uh, good, good father. That was house fires, wasn't it? I believe. I'm pretty sure that was house fires. To be sure and give credit um, where it's due. Yeah, but um, there and there's a couple others. But but credit where credits due. Chris Tomlin put out great versions of it, and that's how people learn them. Yeah, you know. Um, but there is there are weird subcultures. You got the like the CCM stuff. Like I don't know if you remember back in the day, the Big Daddy Weave. You know, bands like oh that, gosh, yeah. Mercy Me. <laughs> oh, Mercy Me, I Which, vibe. Mercy Me just Mercy put out me. some new stuff. Honestly, like, they're very good. They are good. Like, he's a good singer. Yeah. I mean, he can sing higher than me. Yeah, he's good. Um, 
Let's say your third day. <laughs> I have drumsticks <laughs> signed by, or maybe it was Three Doors Down. Remember Three Doors Down? I do remember yeah. Three Doors Down. Um, I don't think they're a Christian band. Oh, <laughs> oh maybe think. it was Third Day. It was third, <laughs> it was third Day. Third day. <laughs> but oh. <laughs> out of control. But oh. so you have that culture, the CCM culture, which is kind of starting to fade. I, th- oh, I shouldn't say starting to fade. It fade. It started fading like in two thousand five, two thousand six. But I haven't listened to the radio in. Oh, ever. (laughs) Ever. I I listen. I listen. Yeah, exactly. I listen to talk radio, but I don't listen to like radio radio. Okay. That makes you, I think, more of an old man if you listen to talk radio. Well, not like sports talk radio. I like sports talk radio. Exactly. I mean what I said. (laughs) Out of control. But I, um, like, I, for music, I listen to Spotify. I listen to Apple. I listen to YouTube. Um, I listen to podcasts and things like that. I don't, I don't, I don't like, I, don't, I just don't like the radio for music anymore. I know yeah. it sounds awful. But, but a lot of people in our congregation still listen to the radio. So, no, this is not radio slander. Don't no, no, no. <laughs> but, and, and you still hear CCM. These people hear CCM yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah. So, I think it's just sometimes it can be a hard balance of like, okay, Josh and I love the new Maverick City Elevation album. Yes. I think two of those songs are on the radio. Maybe yeah. one of them. And it's loaded with incredible songs yes oh like it i don't think there's a skip on that album yeah and if you listen to the album you're probably just going or if you listen to the radio you're probably only going to hear two of them yeah and so it we are kind of we kind of get it get find ourselves at a crossroads because it's like well there's this really solid song with you know spot on theology but is anyone in our congregation going to know it okay if they don't know it is it teachable right and singable um, and if it's not, then it's probably not one that we need to introduce. And that sometimes just breaks our heart a little bit because yeah. it's just, you know, the melody is so good and the, like I said, the theology is so good. And yep. um, that's when we go back to like those filters that we put things through of how do we choose songs. But I think that can be a little, a little difficult, another difficult part of contemporary worship. Absolutely. Um, but moving on to the ugly side. Yeah. There's some ugly here. Yeah. Um, we talked about kind of like the fame, uh, of the, you know, the, the modern day contemporary worship leaders. Now, low key, I feel like Hillsong has always, like, they were kind of like the trailblazers for this. I feel like in a way, maybe like the Chris Tomlins Man, how many times have we said Chris Tomlin in this, (laughs) this, he'll never go away. (laughs) Ever. Um, (laughs) <laughs> but I feel like they they were kind of like the trailblazers for this of um, kind of introducing what it really means to be like a famous worship leader, which yeah. is like kind of odd to me and like contradictory that it that's even a thing. But it is. Um, so there's this like celebrity yeah, mentality. Yeah. And it is weird. I it, The group shall remain nameless and they were a CCM group. <laughs> um, but I remember hosting at one of my previous uh uh, places where I led worship, hosting a group, and the expectation from them in terms of like what we provided for food, what we provided as a green room, what we provided, um, you know, what we gave them is it, it was just it was unreal. Like it's something you'd see in a movie, and yeah. pe- and people would think it was a joke. Like I can't believe yeah. um, I, we hosted a CCM group one time, and they wanted. They wanted, I can't remember if it was like, they wanted salmon for supper. Yeah. And they wanted it from a certain restaurant. Well, we went and got it for them and brought it back, and they didn't like it. So we had to go back to that same five-star restaurant 
and buy them all like like a steak dinner. And yeah. you know, and and like I said, that group shall remain nameless. That I'm not gonna I'm not out to slander anybody or anything like that. But that is the fame culture and the celebrity like mentality. You mean tell me like if I brought you a ham sandwich, you couldn't eat a ham sa- a yeah. ham sandwich? Come on, where yeah. where where what what is um, this? My writer says I want just the blue M and M's. Yeah, no give others. me a break. Like seriously, <laughs> stuff like that. Like, come on, that's now, that's granted, awful. Part of part of my writer at Spotswood is I have to only have the red M and M's. She's out um. of control. Don't listen to her. <laughs> Do not listen. Drew's to her. listening to this. Like, what is she talking about? I don't know about this. Yeah. Um. No, just Allah. <laughs> but. Yeah, no, that's the thing. And now, granted, I don't know. I've never had a a, you know personal experience like Josh has. But I mean, you kind of hear jokes about like, oh well, this person, well, preacher sneakers. Yeah, preachers and sneakers. Yeah, that's literally the the. It's an Instagram account that solely focuses on like church people who wear expensive clothes. And when we say expensive clothes, we mean like Gucci. Yeah, like a thousand dollars for a belt. Yes, and that's a problem. Yeah, and it kind of started as like. He, like he started it as a joke account, but then it like blew up, right. and it kind of became a thing to like bring attention to like why are our churches more focused on you know the money and the fame of like being a famous worship leader or pastor, right? When that's not the goal. Um, so it's hard, and you know, worship leaders. We kind of talked about this earlier. We're we're sometimes more maybe commended for our ability and our talent, mm, um, and not our heart. Yeah, and not our heart, and. It's, I mean, I'm sure Josh struggles with this too, but even like Sunday mornings and we love this. We love when people are so kind, but if someone comes up to me and is like, you have a beautiful voice. Like, I just love hearing you sing. Like, we don't know what to say. Yeah. And it's like. Uh, cause that's not, we know the reason we don't know what to say is cause we know that's not why we're here. We're yeah. not here to get a pat on the back. And, we, and honestly. I mean, it's it's nice to hear that what we do means something to someone. That that's important. And we are putting our best foot forward for the glory of the right. Lord. Right. But we want the glory of the Lord seen. Yeah. Not and so, the other way. And it's so it's always kind of like this thing of being like, you don't want to be like, oh well, no, 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 no. You don't you don't have to say that because like. Then you're be, insulting. Yeah. Don't be like a blessing blocker. Right. But then you bring in the whole social media piece, mm. and then like the idolatry of it all. So I mean. You kind of like the preacher sneakers. You look at them and you see like yeah. the worship leaders always have the coolest outfits. Whatever Christian Stanfield is wearing is what everybody's I have. trying to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, um, and that just that. Well, it it becomes like I think Bailey, you and I have talked about like Gen Z gets on Instagram and they see all these influencers and they see all these people and they want to be just like them, but they're only getting a snapshot. Yeah, of what. Of who they really, of who they are, and and more than likely, it's not who they really are. That's not our desire as worship leaders. We want to be like part of our logo is the whole transparency thing. Mm-hmm. The same person you see on that platform is the same person you talk to. Yeah. In in the you know in the foyer after church, you know we're not going and ducking in a green room after service, um, you know, or trying to avoid people because we don't want to talk to people and things like that. That's just ridiculous. And is what ends up happening over time is is you end up getting you end up getting worshipped as opposed to the savior that you're singing about. Yeah. And we want to here at Spotswood, we are we I promise you, we are going to avoid that at all costs. We don't want 
anybody to ever be promoted in such a way that they potentially are worshipped instead of yeah. our our father. That's that's not something that's going to happen here. So that's the ugly side, and we we want to stay away from bad and ugly altogether. Um, and it's it's difficult. Same thing for the same reason. It's difficult for the ugly, you know, bad and ugly, the traditional side. Um, just kind of leading into next week before we jump into yay, nay, or pray, because I know we're coming up on time. Um, we have to address the bad and ugly side of both sides to be able to move out of this worship war. Yeah. And we have to embrace the good side of both sides. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's going to be, that's going to be an interesting conversations. How do you do that? Um, and what does that look like? So going into yay, nay, or pray, uh, Bailey, uh, we're going to talk about the, the title song of the album from Elevation and Maverick City, mm. Old Church Basement. Y'all, I love this album. I, Josh and I have just gawked over it for the past, like, what's it been out for, like, three weeks, two weeks? Yeah, something like that. Um, We love it. And if you've listened to the album you probably know it's just full of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. they definitely incorporated some of that like early 2000s worship sound yep. um, and just made it their own. And a lot of the songs are like story songs, yeah. which um, one of like the singles they released was Talking to Jesus. Yeah, and it's good. It, if you haven't heard it, you should go and listen to it. And that's not a song you're probably going to hear um, in a worship service, nah. unless it's like a worship special or something very specific to, you know, the message or whatever. But most people who listened to that, they they got a little weepy. Yeah. And it that's just kind of the essence of the album. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some really, really great worship songs that we will probably be even introducing at some point. Jaira. Um, Yes. <laughs> Students, be on the lookout. Yeah, it's kind of... Um, but... This one, it's called Old Church Basement. It's the first song on the album, um, like Josh said, the title song. The way the song starts, it says, I don't see anything wrong with the lights or stages. I even love it when the crowd gets loud singing out God's praises. But every now and then, I can get a, it can get a little complicated. So I remember when I was in the Old Church Basement. Um, and then it goes into the chorus, which the chorus is great. It's, Hallelujah is all I need when I think of your goodness and your love for me. You should go listen to the song. But... Fantastic song. Such a good song. Um, I'll go ahead and preface. I think this is a yay as far as content is concerned. Um, Now, if we're looking into if it is a congregational worship song, that's a whole different story. Um, Because I told Josh, I was like, I've even thought of ways that we can introduce this at Spotswood because it is just so solid and Mm -hmm. so good. Um. But like I said, a lot of the songs on this album are story songs. And I mean, even getting into the second verse, it gets a little bit more specific um, of, you know, talking about Wednesday nights at church and how, you know, his friend bought a guitar and didn't know how to play it. But, you know, it didn't matter and all this stuff. And it's so great. And it literally takes me back to like my youth group days. Well, yeah, like so I, I literally our youth group met in a church basement like we had this gym with this old like metal framed gym and it had a top the top floor is where all the kids went and did their sunday school classes Mm -hmm. and the bottom floor in the basement 
was where we did our worship stuff, and it smelled like mildew. Of course. But all we had, literally, we had a beat-up pearl drum set built on this platform up in the corner of the room, mm -hmm. and a dude with an acoustic guitar, and we had, like, the transparencies, yeah. and you'd see the hand jump up, oh, yeah. all that. Like, it, it, this song is literally my childhood. Well, and just recently, the Spotswood students moved out of their of the underground. church basement. <laughs> yeah, of the underground into this new yeah. facility, right? So, it's still, like, so relatable, um, but... Because the verses are such a story, I would find it difficult to introduce as a worship song. Yeah, you don't do it every week. Yeah. Um, but the chorus and the bridges are fantastic. so good. Granted, it's like a nine-minute song, isn't it? Or like a seven-and-a-half-minute song. Yeah, it's like a seven-minute um, song. So what I told Josh, I said, if we ever were to introduce this, I would probably want to find a way to where we could just, you know— tag the chorus to another song the chorus and the bridge sure. um because those are the parts that i think kind of transcend you know the story of it all sure. and it's more of a worship song um but i mean this is not an ad but just go listen to this <laughs> go listen yeah. to this album it's, we're not getting paid by elevation no. in maverick city but we love this album right it, it it's just it's nice and honestly pulling back from that traditional side, what we've been talking yes. about. This is reflective off of things that the current, I would say, millennial generation went through. Yes. And they're writing songs about what they went through, which is very common mm -hmm. in traditional worship. So that they're starting, we're starting, it's almost like we've kind of come full circle in, in the way we write songs, yeah. not in the instrumentation and so on and so forth, but it's, it's very, very cool. Well, and the whole point of the bridge, it, and the whole, really, I guess the whole point of the song is like us now as adults looking, like reflecting on our youth and remembering what we sang then. Mm -hmm. But it's like our faith is still the same with just, you know, a, a refreshing perspective yep. or, you know, a new look to it. And so it says like, great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. It's just an old hallelujah with a new melody. And it's, oh, it's so good. I just got chills because they take <laughs> these really like, well-known songs and they are actually changing the melody and yep. so when you hear it you don't think of great is thy faithfulness like you don't think of that because they're singing great is thy faithfulness lord unto me yep. and you like don't even recognize it until they're like it's just an old hollywood with a new melody and you're, and you're like, like oh, oh my wait, gosh, that just that happened song. i know that song yeah <laughs> um so it's so good and it's so well thought out very creative yes very yes. very creative um, so it's a yay for me. Yeah, but, yay for me too. But maybe just like pray about incorporating it into an actual worship service at worship leaders. You know. Sure. Well, to get to get us out of this, um, we want to hear your questions. So ask and connect with us. Connect with us on social media at Spotswood Creative on Instagram or Facebook, or you can email us Spotswood Creative at Spotswood.org. Uh, be sure to rate the podcast and share it. We'll be back in a couple weeks, and uh, I guess in the meantime, Bailey. Keep it 100.